Blog Talk Radio. Very East Coast right now. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I feel me. Your old East Coast accent is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> I can't laugh, man. Don't make me laugh. My stomach hurts. That's right. That's right. No laughter. No laughter. But I'm listening. I don't know. We'll, we'll keep your mic open, so if you want to Okay, talk, I'll mute it. I'll mute it because I have to. Mute yourself, but I'll leave your mic open. Okay. Uh, okay, so Aaron. Um, yeah. like, um, last time we talked, we talked about, um, you know, like what we what we wanted to, if someone is growing their hair mm-hmm. and not having a, not a lot of luck with it or things that they've used in the past um, have not really worked, um, you know, what, what would you suggest? And one of the things that we talked about is treating your hair like it is the most delicate piece of silk that you could find and you want to keep it as pristine as possible. So you want to make sure that you give your hair um, very delicate delicate treatment. Um, And brushing your hair. And there are a lot of things that people don't realize about hair. And one thing Mm -hmm. I wanted to bring up is I was in Target just kind of looking Mm -hmm. at their, you know, I usually use products that I kind of put together myself. But I was in Target, and in the hair care aisle, there was a woman who was white who had um, what appeared to be, what was her child, but her her child had very kinky hair, and she was asking what, um, you know, she was looking a little bit lost, like, I know I need to put something on his hair, but I don't know what to put on his hair. So I just kind of jumped in and said, you know, look for this is what you should look for on the labels and this is what you shouldn't look for. And it kind of made me think that there is a whole group of people out there who have children that they really have no idea what to do with their hair because it's not anything that they've ever had to deal with before. And then I was at the park the other day and there was a woman there that had, she had adopted two African babies mm-hmm. and... She had um, was a little boy and a little girl and, again, had no idea what to do with her hair. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things that I kind of told them is, unlike we do not, because our hair not only is so delicate but it's so dry, we don't create mm-hmm. the same natural oils as um, other types of hair stop washing their hair every day mm-hmm. um, because we need to retain the oil. And when you do, don't use soaps that have sulfates in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, use as many, nat- you know, use natural oils. And, um, you know, I almost opened up, if you have other people, like I gave her my information, if you have other people who need to know, you know, you can call me. I'd rather them, because, hey, I'd rather someone ask than to keep doing something that's not working because they're embarrassed to ask or they don't want to ask. I'm certain mm-hmm. that. And then because hair is so, especially um, black females who are not around a lot of other black females, have mm-hmm. hair, complicated hair anyway. I want this little girl and other little girls like them 
like her to be able to grow up with the you know best attitudes for for her hair as she can and not trying to do something like everyone else is doing in her family, which she's never going to be able to obtain or maintain doing what they're doing so mm-hmm. um what are what are some things that you would tell parents in that instance? Well, the first thing I would say is that caring for afro-textured hair is—it's like an art. It's a—it's—it's uh, it's a, for lack of a better word, a, a discipline that requires a skill set in order to handle it, in order to successfully handle it. Not to say that it's difficult because it's not. It actually becomes easier the more you know. But just know that it's something that you have to first become informed about, and then work from there. Now, if I were there in target with that person on top of the things that you just said, I would tell them that there's resources for them. You know, if they have a computer, definitely go on YouTube because there are tons of of people who have a bunch of information to share, yours truly included, uh, who can begin to show you the basics. You also have a ton of blogs that are available to you. And if they were really interested in learning the nitty-gritty, then I would recommend uh, two books. One is a book called The Science of Black Hair, by Audrey Davis Savasati that gives you uh, a nice informative breakdown of many of the makings, almost all of the makings of, of black hair and how to care for it. And it, it covers structure, product usage, most of the stuff that you can think of. And then I would also recommend another book called If You Love It, It Will Grow uh, by Dr. Phoenix Austin. And really what those two books say is that, one, there's a science to caring for black hair, there's an art to caring for black hair, and that loving it is essential. So I think what's most important on top of learning about our hair is also loving it because it is beautiful hair, but you're not going to be able to see its beauty and understand its beauty until you learn about it. So learning about it really is the first thing. And also, you know, as far as product choice goes, there are options for for people with our hair. You can do the homemade route, which is what – or you you make your products Nikki sort of like what you do it's also what I do you can do uh you can use products that have been created by brands that place a focus on natural hair and then you can also look at uh oils that are in supermarkets that you can use on your hair there there are options so I would really start there um if I had to speak very quickly to someone who's saying okay what do I do for my child's hair I would say that the the hair needs moisture because like you said our hair dries out really easily uh, and then I would also say that, so you want to use water. Water is what you'd want to use to moisturize it. That's always the place to to start there. And then I would tell them that because our hair um, can dry out very easily, you want to use something to seal the moisture into your hair. So after you've used the water, you want to try sealing with an oil. I always say start there. And then as you want to go more complex and as you want to find out more, then you can add other tools and products to your regimen, but I always start there. And then if they want more information, if they have more time to talk, then I'd go a little bit deeper, which I can do right now. Uh, From there, I would talk about the structure of the hair so that people can really understand it. And what I would say is this, okay, our hair is very, very curly, um, and it can switch directions and curl very tightly as you go down the strand of hair. With each curl uh, that your hair has in its head, there is a a sort of bow shape 
that your hair makes, and then it goes, so it sort of goes out wide and then becomes narrow. And it's that narrow sort of little spot that creates the bend in the curl. And that narrow spot is a weak spot on the hair. So with each curl you have, the more weak spots you have. So that would be the primary reason why you have to be delicate with your hair. Another thing that I would tell them is that because of the shape of our hair, the oil that we produce naturally cannot easily move down the strand of hair as it could if it were straight. So that's another reason why we have to add oil to our hair. So that's why we must always moisturize and then seal with the oil to basically do what can't naturally be done as far as making the hair work down, the oil work down our hair. So, yeah, I would start there, <laughs> which is a mouthful, but that's the place to start. Now, what's your hair regimen? My hair regimen? Well, mm-hmm. up until very recently, because I begun the process of locking my hair, uh, my hair regimen followed as such. Really simple. I'm very low maintenance. Uh, for day-to-day moisture, I use water. I put water in a spray bottle uh, with a mist setting so that it just lightly mists my hair, and I moisturize my hair that way. I mist my hair with the water, and then I let the water sit on my hair until it, uh, the water penetrates my hair. And I'll know that the water has penetrated my hair because the texture of my hair will change just so slightly. It'll feel soft. It'll feel like it has been moisturized. And then I make sure that my hair is no longer uh, wet or damp from, from the moisture that has just penetrated my hair so that I can be sure that it's not just feeling soft because it's wet, but it's actually moisturized, which really only takes about like 20 to 45 seconds. Then after the, uh, my hair has accepted the moisture, I use an oil to seal the moisture into my hair, and that's basically it for my hair. Uh, and then when I have to wash my hair, I use an, uh, an apple cider vinegar rinse, which is just a combination of apple cider vinegar and water. Um, I mix the apple cider and vinegar down to a pH balance of 4.5 to 5.5, uh, which is the ideal pH level for our hair and our scalp to thrive. It also clarifies the hair, so I rinse that through my hair to clean off all product and dirt. And then, uh, and then I let my hair dry to about 90% dry, and then I add oil to it. And that's basically how I wash my hair. And as far as styling goes, uh, I wear my hair in low-manipulation hairstyles, or I did until I locked it, which is now a permanent, more permanent style. I will wear my hair in two-strand twists, or I put my hair in a bun, and I always washed my hair in sections. I would twist my hair, and then what I would do is I would untwist one twist. I put my hair in about eight to ten twists and I would untwist the section of hair and wash it, clean it, and then twist it back up, and then move to the next section, untwist, wash, clean, and repeat repeat until my whole head of hair is done. Uh, Because of my hair's kinky, curly pattern, I couldn't just leave my hair in twists and wash it, as some people do, because it would cause cause the hair that has shed off my head to get caught, so I would just untwist it and wash. And that was basically it, and then after it was, damp, I would twist it back up just to sort of stretch my hair so I could see a little bit more of its length. And then, yeah, add the oil, and that was it. And any time it dried out, water and oil, that's really it. And I was minimal, too. I I never used too much product because I have fine hair, and it would build up pretty quickly. 
And how often do you wash it? I wash my hair uh, around every two weeks. Uh, I don't build up a ton of buildup or sebum, which is the oil that naturally gets produced from my head. So, yeah, so about two weeks is all I ever needed, which is another thing we could talk about really quickly. A lot of these shampoos uh, and harsh cleansers that we use, they throw the pH balance of our scalp off, and they dry out our scalps. So when your scalp is dry, your scalp, because it's part of your body, which is this machine that will compensate for any issues, decides, okay, I'm dry, I'm vulnerable, so I'm going to produce more oil to compensate for how dry my scalp is. So the more you use those harsh cleansers, the more your scalp builds up that oil and the more your hair becomes, uh, it gets a build up more quickly and the more frequently you have to clean. When you get off that cycle, you don't have to necessarily clean as frequently. It all depends. You know, it's a case-by-case thing for scalps, but I find that once you regulate how much uh, oil your scalp produces and you stop using those harsh cleansers, you'll find that you don't necessarily need to clean it as much. I, I start by recommending you clean your scalp, you know, once, once a week to every 10 days. For some people, it's more than that. For some people, it's less. Yeah, I know. Well, with me, I don't wash my hair until I absolutely have to. So it's probably been like a month. But, yeah, just there's so much to know about Mm -hmm. cleansers and pH balance. And a lot of times when you're using a lot of soaps that have a lot of sulfates and a lot of harsh Mm -hmm. detergents, you're Mm -hmm. spending your time between washes trying to undo what the shampoo has done to your hair. When a lot of those things can be cleared up if you just stop using shampoo. When you stop using what would be considered a soap um, or a detergent, which is what a lot of, because we like to, because of commercials, think that your hair is not being cleaned unless you see suds. Unless there's lots of suds, it's not clean. Um, when in mm-hmm. fact those suds are just more for cosmetic purposes, um, because mm-hmm. people like these suds. But what it's actually, like you said, it's it's um, messing with or it's unbalancing the natural um, pH of the hair, mm-hmm. it's stripping all the oils, natural oils out. Um, and then you spend the rest of the time between washes trying to repair what has been damaged by the wash, which what you think is what is necessary um, for mm-hmm. you to have healthy hair. So, um, and a lot of times that the breakage, again, the a lot of I've heard a lot of people say, well, black people's hair doesn't grow. Right. Well, it absolutely grows. The same rate, it's just a matter of preventing it from breaking off mm-hmm. so that you can see the growth. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we tend to, we have known people or have been in those circumstances where your hair never gets past a few inches or a couple inches. And it seems mm-hmm. like there are many, many black people who have tried to have longer hair and have never gotten past three or four inches. Not because it doesn't grow, but because mm-hmm. all of the harsh things that we do to it, thinking that it's mm-hmm. doing it. Like I, you know, grow up watching TV and thinking that you had to brush your hair a hundred times 
every night to stimulate your scalp when all I'm doing is just tearing the hair from my head because, again, because our hair is so delicate, brushes are just going to break those weak spots that you just talked about. That's um, right. Plus all with the coloring and the relaxers and the heat and everything that you do to make it straighten and shiny and mousy and everything that you're trying to mimic thinking that this is what's going to give me beautiful hair um, yep. is taking it far away from its natural state that it can't maintain itself. So it's it's going to break off, and that's why people tend to look like they have the same they have the same um, hair length for years mm-hmm. um, because they think that they're stuck at that point because they think their hair doesn't grow. But, of course, they have to keep getting relaxers and you have to keep recoloring your hair, which is telling you that your hair is growing. Um, so there are a lot of things that we do that takes us so far away from what our hair naturally wants to do that mm-hmm. your hair can't survive all of the com- all mm-hmm. the abuse and what's compromising your natural hair texture. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of brings me to, um, you know, one of the things that is, since I've been, and I've been, I had a relaxer for a long time, probably mm-hmm. since off and on, since I was <clears throat> probably 12, 12 years old. So mm-hmm. I decided to go natural two years ago. Mm-hmm. And now I step down, and this goes with everything, that when you step out of something, mm-hmm. you, can see the, you can see the picture, the bigger picture when you step out of it and step back from it. Mm-hmm. I look at other people who were in the position that I was in not that long ago and think all of the energy that I put towards my hair that I could have, you know, and I I say that I could have been using towards something else, but just thinking about all of the, you know, going to get my hair done and and spending time flat ironing my hair and looking at is my hair growing, is, is it breaking off, and all of the products and having to go get my hair done every six weeks and all of the things and all of the energy and resources that I put towards my hair. And now I I love my hair so much more and I don't do any I'm I'm like you. I have my regimen is I get up in the morning, I have a spray bottle with water and glycerin in it. Yeah. And a little spray my hair with that. I have a cinnamon stick in it because it makes it smell really good. And I (laughs) morning and you know, I look at it and, you know, that's about it. And I wrap it up. I put a. I've been wrapping my hair up for so long. I can't sleep without my hair wrapped up. So I just put a little. Oh yeah. You know, wrap my hair yeah, up. I forgot at night. about that too. Mm-hmm. And um and that's it. And I mm-hmm. love to just to see what it's going to do that day. I have no idea what it's going to do, and it's growing like crazy because I don't do anything to it. I haven't combed my hair for two years, and I'm locking my hair also. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's just, you know, it's wild and crazy and big. But I feel so much more empowered by having this part of myself. And it's amazing how much your hair is part of your 
And for some people, it's more than others. Some people, their whole hair is their whole, is their person, so attached to their personality. Um, and I don't really feel like I'm making a statement with my hair, but I feel like the hair kind of makes its own statement, but I feel so much more, and I don't know if it's because I I am directing the, that energy and resources that I spent on my hair towards me as a whole person, perhaps, but I feel so much more empowered. And, in fact, it's funny how I get a lot more, rea- the reaction I get from other people, just by me having hair, the way that it grows out of my head, and the reaction I get from people like, wow, you know, you, I, that's, I love that. I'd love to see, you know, a sister with natural hair. Mm-hmm. And that it's, it's surprising that it's, a, it's an anomaly to see someone with natural hair when that's, this is how it grows out of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that it's a, it's, it's a surprise for people to see, and they're obviously hungry for that because some of the, the compliments I get from, from everybody, from black people, from white people, from and probably the stronger reactions I get from white people, like, yeah, you, I love your hair because it's natural. Like, I was in the store the other day, and this lady, this older, well, she was probably um, in her 60s or so, um, white lady was like, I love your hair because it's natural. And she was was saying how she wished that people would, like she was like, I wish Michelle Obama was natural so more young girls could see what that is, what that looks like. And yeah. I thought, wow, very interesting that she, she was like, and those girls have a chance to do that. Maybe the girls will do it. And I said, yeah, that would be, that would be something. But, you know, it's, it's, Public image is is public image, so, you know, everything is very um, choreographed, what they look like, what they wear, what they do. So it kind of goes with the job, what they they look like and what they are, what they think is publicly acceptable. So we'll see. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's very interesting, some of the reactions that I get just because my hair is natural. And then it made me think about, and this is and not just um and and this is not just black women but but you know white women too, how many people or just you know people period, but more women because more women tend to mask their hair and wear wigs and weave between the wigs and the weave and extensions, how many? I wonder what the percentage is, and I would assume it was pretty high, are women who don't have their own hair on their head. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine it's pretty high. And even And we tend to think that it's mainly with black women, but, of course, it would be <clears throat> with um, white women, too. But we tend to think, well, their hair grows, so they don't need to have extensions, when, of course, they have extensions and weave just as much as, as black women do, especially if they're, mm-hmm. yeah. But we tend to think that they don't because we assume that, well, they their hair grows, so why would they do that? Um, mm-hmm. But how it's very much tied to their self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Like I know people who be, they don't even want people to know they have a weave, so they sneak in and out of the hairdresser, um, 
they don't want anybody to know that they're going to get a weave or get their weave, you know, replaced or <clears throat> prepared um, because they want people to think that that's their hair. And if they, if people find out that that's going to compromise what people think of them, it's, it's very tied to self-esteem, which is it's very interesting um, to me as well. So, and then I was reading this article about the extent that people go to to get weave, and it was some place in, it was like in some small village in Russia where they went to these young girls and promised them what amounted to like $20 for their hair. And Mm -hmm. was, was walking around with a suitcase full of hair, collecting these girls' hair, and they were also, the man said, um, when he collects the hair, somebody asked them, do you ever take cadaver hair? And he didn't really answer the question, but he didn't say no. (laughs) Yeah, so we know what that means. Right, exactly. So it's just the lint, and then, you know, he takes it back to Europe or United States and, you know, sells it for, you know, however much people pay for for weeds, which can go into the thousands. Yep. Um, so it's just the amount of energy that people put into their hair. And, you know, a lot of people just think that it's, it's just hair. But, of course, if people are going to those lengths to get hair, it's not just hair. It's, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. an extension of yourself and who you are. Mm-hmm. It's it's fascinating. I mean, people say it's it's just hair, but if if your hair is never seen, then it's more than just hair. I mean, there's there's something to be said about you never showing your hair. You know, I mean, it's throw on a wig every now and then, play with your look. Okay, that's all fine and dandy and fun. Nobody's really talking about that, but when you're when you feel like the hair that is growing out of your head in its natural state is unfit to be seen, then that says something about how you feel about yourself. Absolutely. As a person and as it relates to your appearances. You know, it's 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 hair, black hair is a multi billion dollar a year industry and so little of that goes into black hands. And there's just something really sad about that. Very sad. It's very sad that people are taking advantage of mm-hmm. um, a hole that we're trying to seal. Um, and it's the, the the debate between natural hair versus relaxed hair. There's a there's almost like a. I know that when I, my hair was relaxed, and I was around. It, it, it's almost like it's a, you know, I live in Colorado, so, mm-hmm. you know, there aren't very many black people here anyway. But mm-hmm. when you, it's almost, when people started wearing their hair natural here, it was the group of people who probably started what was looked at as, and I'm going to say, quote, unquote, a trend, um, 
at that time, years ago, um, it was almost like these people are more in touch with their blackness than people who are still relaxing their hair. So it was almost Mm -hmm. like a one versus the other, and there Mm -hmm. was pressure or you felt some kind of stigma when you were around people who were natural and you were still relaxed, like you are not as evolved as we are kind of thing. And it was kind of more of a I don't quite know how to react to this person or how they're going to react to me because it was pretty much unknown. (laughs) Nobody here, and I'm thinking years and years ago, at that time, Nobody was natural unless you were, you know, militant or <laughs> it was some <laughs> political state. wasn't having anything to do with you, but it had to do with more of a group or a statement or you rejecting society or, you know, that was kind of the the, the belief at that time, um, people who had natural hair or people who locked their hair were trying to make some kind of, statement or was trying to, um, you know, be political or trying to be more in touch with their African roots. Um, Mm -hmm. When now, I don't, I think it's just, you know, everybody has an individual choice um, and, Mm -hmm. you know, where you are and how you feel about yourself. But I I will say that um, I do feel an empowerment. And I felt, you know, I was, I, I, when I had relaxed hair, I really loved my relaxed hair, and I, you know, would, I have really thick hair, so, um, you know, it did what I wanted it to do. and But I do feel almost a certain personal power in knowing what my natural hair texture is and loving it and being happy with it and seeing what it's doing every day um, that I didn't have with my relaxed hair because I always had to worry about what it looked like when it was relaxed. Mm-hmm. Is it growing up? Am I going to get it done? Oh, i got to straighten it. Oh, I need flat iron. It's not acting right today. It's got too much moisture in it. It's got not enough moisture in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I already ironed it this week, and I don't want to flat iron it again because I don't want it to put too much heat on it because I don't want it to break out. I mean, it was constantly, oh, there's too much hair in the brush. I don't want to brush it too much, or why is my hair falling out, or why is it short right here? It was just one thing after another, and I feel very free of all of that. I don't worry about any of that now. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, just doing what it, it's supposed to do and letting it do what it's supposed to do. And I can't imagine anything any more low maintenance than just, you know, spraying water and glistening on my hair every day and going. Um, so I will say that it is mentally, emotionally, um, a, a step... <laughs> In my personal evolution, um, spiritually, because I have, I feel like I have freed myself from something that was taking up a lot of my resources 
and energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I do feel like personally, my personal evolution, I have, I have, um, and I don't even want to necessarily use the term move forward, but for lack of a better term, I do feel like I have, I've been able to shed off a layer so that mm-hmm. I am able to use that um, energy and resources for for other things. Amen. Um, but it, it's a, it's very much a spiritual experience. It is. It is. To me, you know, when I when I started growing out my hair, I too have gone through some chemical straightening. You know, for for the men, it's more about just getting those curls. You know, <laughs> getting that S curl, getting those getting those waves, but. For me, when I started growing out my hair, I just I felt a need to have long hair. But as as I got to know my hair more, and as my hair journey continued, I realized that for me, the whole natural movement, what it represents to me, is just being good enough as you are. You know, the the way that you were made, you without any conditions placed on it, without having to package it any special kind of, without having to manipulate it or twist it, just just you. To me, being natural is about that image, that you, the pure you, just being good enough as you are. And um, and that's that's my hope for people as they get to, as they go natural and as they get to know their hair. Because there can be some traps, even in the natural movement. You know, some people, they stop chemically straightening but they still want that curl, the perfect little curl or, you know, uniform ringlets hair that looks, you know, curly, as opposed to it being more kinky as it can be uh, in its natural state. And I'm hoping for them that as they continue, they get to realize that the hair that is growing out of their heads is fine as it is. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, I did. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I was, um, you know, looking at, there's lots of, on the Internet, lots of hair forms where people are asking questions about, you know, what to do with their hair and how to wash it and how to maintain it. And there are a lot of posts that are dedicated to what you need to do to maximize your curl. And typically it becomes, well, and then the whole, um, you know, Texture scale, well, are you 4A or 4B or 3A or 3B or, you know, yeah. depending on hair is and the, the 4C is the most kinky and has this kind of curl or won't do this, but this one, if you have 3C, then it then it becomes this big thing of you basically, it's, it's still a division of good hair and bad hair. So... Mm-hmm. Is in the in the natural world, if your hair is three C or three A and it does this, and you've got thick curls and you've got good hair, but if you've got four C and <laughs> it's very tight and very dry, then you know you're you're going to have your you know teeny weeny afro and you can't have any curls unless you decide to get a texturizer. So it is still I still see. Just like you said, there's still people trying to maximize, well, I have more desirable hair because it's curly. I have mm-hmm. big curls, loose curls instead of 
very tight kinky curls, and it is that mm-hmm. whole thing over again with the good hair versus bad hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody's trying to figure out what's the right product, what's the right regimen, what do you use so that I can get those big ringlet curls, basically so that mm-hmm. you can look like your hair is naturally less African mm-hmm. <laughs> and more Caucasian hair mm-hmm. um, than, than than black hair. Yeah. So, and it's, it's funny the same because thing. absolutely. And it's funny too because that that whole issue really has nothing to do with growing your hair to longer lengths. You know, when I when I speak to people online, uh, every now and then, well, quite often I get people who ask about how to make it more curly. And I can provide them with information for a, a few tricks and tools and a few tutorials, but I'm always big on saying that your hair has a set of limitations. Your hair is going to be able to do certain things, and it's not going to be able to do certain other things, and you need to just embrace that and play with your hair given its characteristics and also understand that if you want your hair to grow to longer lengths, then the less you do, the more you get as far as length goes. So your regimen can be very, very simple. This whole thing can be very easy. But if you're stuck on something that's making things more difficult for you, then you really need to think about that. Right. Right. Or if you, or a lot of people um, you know, in the natural world they want to. They still want to relax with some hair, but it's not chemicals. It's natural, or right. it's thermal, or it's relaxing using some kind of natural substance. So they're mm-hmm. still trying. Well, it's, it's. I'm still natural because I didn't use a traditional relaxer, but mm-hmm. I'm using, you know, something else. So it's it's you know it's still us trying to be accepting of it's enough. Whatever mm-hmm. what is growing out of enough and your hair's only getting to know it. Just like getting to know and then I think it it has to do with us overall, people getting to know who you are, what you do, what your hair does, um, and working with it and playing with it. Like we can talk about what our hair regimen is and what we do, but what I do might not work for you because, of course, we're going to have, we have different hair, although we might have the same type of We live in different environments. I live in a dry climate. You might live in a a humid climate. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, still, you know, not all, there's 100,000 different hair textures. Um, So just because two people have, um, you know, African textured hair doesn't mean that what's going to work for my hair is going to work for your hair. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's a matter of just like getting, you have to get to know any other aspect of you or part of you, you have to get to know your hair too. You do. Um, but there is not, you know, one size fits all for anything or for, every, for everyone. So it is a matter of getting to know um, you know what? Just trying it out and see what it does. And like you said, the less you mess with it, the more it will grow. Yeah, that's what you're. That's so, it. Manipulate, but 
touching it, playing with it, mm-hmm. uh, eat, combing it, brushing it. And, that, yeah, and I want to reiterate, um, you know, don't brush your hair. Because I know that's one of the things with I was always told. You know, you brush your hair and then that's going to stimulate the scalp. But, um, you know, that's one of the first things that I learned was do not brush. And I'm, my hair, I'm locking my hair, so of course I don't brush it. But hair breakage a lot of times is caused by us combing and brushing, mm-hmm. brushing it to death. To lay down or try to get it to look as straight as possible or mm-hmm. trying to pull the tightest ponytail to make it lay down and look straight. Um, and, you know, that's basically what is, what's causing it to fall out. Yeah. And my personal advice, yeah, as far as brushes are concerned, yeah, never, never touch a brush again. And I know some people might say, what about this tool called the Denman brush? Although the Denman brush is shaped like a brush, it's not really a brush. It's it's more like a comb with some bristles that bend very easily. Uh, but, yeah, throw the brush out. And I would recommend starting with your fingers first every time. Mm-hmm. Every time you want to shape your hair or do anything with it, start with your fingers first. And then as far as using a comb goes, I would look at using a comb as a way to just help you do a little bit more deep detangling periodically. But as far as styling with the comb, I don't really think it's that necessary. I think when we're styling with the comb, it's to try and get that more uniform look to maybe get more of a curl. Uh, it, it's I think combing combing should be minimal, and the fingers the fingers should be your primary tools. Have you done any research on or, you know, how women who have their hair braided or have weaves for a long time and the size of their hair is breaking off? And are they pretty much have destroyed the hair or it looks like they destroyed the hair follicles. I don't know if they have. But you know how the the edges are really thin? Um, Mm -hmm. is Is there anything that you have seen or worked with or discovered that will help to kind of regrow that really thin thinning hair that is around the hairline from pulling on their hair for years and years and years with braids. Yes. I have seen castor oil, using castor oil on those thin parts of the hair, uh it does two things. It forms a nice protective barrier around your hair your hair follicles, and it also has been known to help sort of stimulate the scalp and encourage hair growth. I've seen a few people regain some of the thickness in that area. I've also seen it be achieved with emu oil, which is a pretty expensive oil. It's uh, made, I think it's made from the, uh, the fat of an emu, but anyways, the emu penetrates deep into uh, the deeper layers of like, of the skin, and that also encourages hair growth. And I've seen uh, I've seen some evidence of people who have suffered from hair loss. One lady I saw, she suffered from lupus, and she started to grow hair in patches uh, that had never really grown before. That's all I really know of for sure, and it's still not guaranteed, but I have seen results. Be, be generated from use of those two oils. Okay, wow, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. 
What about um, what about like? And I don't know. I know with again, we're kind of talking about women, but I want to make sure what we include men too. Um, mm-hmm. Men who are now we Sean and I, Sean, if you're still listening, he's not falling asleep. We kind of had this debate uh-huh. about men who, which kind of makes me. He was saying, um, Sean, are you still listening? Are you there? Yeah, I'm still there. I'm still oh, barely. It's talking about the hats, which bald men wearing hats. Oh yeah. Because they're bald because they wear hats. It deadens the 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 follicles or some something, something like that. It, it deadens the hair. Everybody he knows who has worn a hat all the time bald really right. early. Then what right. I was saying mm-hmm. did they did they go bald because they wore a hat all the time and maybe not getting um sun exposure or ventilation or, you know, whatever it is might have caused that or are they wearing a hat because they're the ones that I knew they had hair before they started wearing hats. It wasn't like they were wearing hats to cover up the fact that they were losing their hair. They just liked hats. And it seemed like subsequently they lost their hair because they wore hats all the time. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, you know, somebody who was losing their hair and started wearing hats to cover up that, the fact that they were losing their hair. And I know at least three people like that, you know, who had an affinity for hats. And, you know, and they were all, all three of them had fine, you know, fine, fine, uh, thinner hair anyway, you mm-hmm. know. <clears throat> to begin with, so I don't know if they would have lost their hair if they would have wore if they wouldn't have wore hats anyway. Right. So do we know? Do you know anything about does sunlight help hair growth or lack of sunlight affect hair loss? I don't. I don't know for sure. If anything, it could it could be that they were going to go bald anyways. It could be that uh, maybe it's just the friction of the hat on the hair, but what I do know is that uh, certain materials, like cotton, will suck moisture from your hair, and when it does that, it leaves your hair in a vulnerable state to break, so that could contribute to maybe some of the thinness, so if you are going to wear hats frequently, I recommend putting some type of material between the hat and your hair that's just a little bit easier on the hair, like satin or silk, you know, if you have a do-rag or something, that should help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know well, that's yes. true, because, like, um, mm-hmm. like, it's winter when you have on scarves and um, coats and turtlenecks and things that are going to rub against your hair. It mm-hmm. tends to get dry your hair out and break your hair out because... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is sucking the moisture out of your hair, um, which I recommend in the winter time. <laughs> Wear your hair up or wrapped up as much as possible because it does affect your hair rubbing against all those fabrics all the time. Um, yeah. Another that's another yeah. thing. In there, I get lots of. You can you know wrap your hair up or you can you know you can wear scarves on your head or. Or or wear a silk scarf 
scarf or something while you have your coat and your um, scarves on outside, and then you, when you go inside, you can take it off or whatever. But I do recommend protecting your hair from all of the winter fabrics because the big bulky fabrics will rub against your hair and steal the moisture from your hair. Yep. And it's they're hard on your ends. If your ends rub up against those those fabrics, yeah, it'll it'll take your ends right off. They'll it'll wear them right off. I would think that something like you know you get vitamin D from the sun. So I don't know if vitamin D helps with hair growth or not, but I would think that. Um, well, I imagine that I w- it would. I know that. Prolonged sun exposure can cause the hair to feel a little dry, so you just want to moisturize it again, or maybe mm-hmm. cover it up after prolonged exposure. But it is—it's good for your scalp to get a little bit of breath. It needs—it needs some air and sunlight. Yeah, and a little bit of sunlight is good. It's all—it's all good. Right. Okay. So, what do you um, do? You like. And though there's a lot of people who are natural also that they use a lot of weaves and extension for quote unquote protective <laughs> protective mm-hmm. style. Um, which to me, I don't know, I kinda have mixed feelings again. If you're going to be natural one thing about when I started and I'll go here first, when I started growing my hair out um, I was going to probably about five years ago, I was trying to grow it out. Um, so mm-hmm. I had part of my hair that was relaxed, and then I was going to wait for the new growth to grow out. And then, you know, when I get some length on it, then I can cut out the relaxer, which I spent a lot of time... And it got pretty long, but I spent a lot of time just keeping it up in protective style. And I just thought, well, this is just, I'm never going to be able to enjoy my hair because I have to wear it up all the time. Because, again, I have to worry about it breaking off or being too delicate because I have to protect the different hair textures. Because now I have the straightened relaxed part and then I have uh, my natural kinky part and the part right in between where they meet is really delicate so I have to make sure that I keep it super moist and condition it for this many hours a week and do this so that it won't break off and it maintains its length. Um, and so again a lot of the website hair sites that I was a part of was I talked a lot about it um, protective styles, and it was wearing it up, or wearing wigs, or wearing weaves, or wearing extensions, or wearing braids. And I thought, well, mm-hmm. I'm not ever going to be uh, enjoy my hair because I can never, you know, wear my hair out or down. And there are people who, for years, never they just put their wear their hair in a bun or under weaves because mm-hmm. they want to protect their own hair. But if you never get to see it, I didn't really see the point in that. So. I ended up mm-hmm. just shaving all off and starting all over um, and not even going through that process. Um, but how do you feel about, or what do you think that it's saying when people say that I'm going to, I just have this weave because I want to protect my hair, but I'm natural. 
underneath. And I don't want this to be like a natural versus not natural debate, but just, again, bringing out who you are um, and what that means versus covering it up or hiding or compromising what truly is you um, versus just allowing and being who you are. Mm-hmm. What do you feel about that kind of... And, and to me, it almost sounds like, well, okay, I know you're natural, but, you know, it's kind of, to me, sends a, a mixed message. What, what? How do you feel about that? I feel a couple of things about that. Okay, I feel... First off, I feel that it, it comes down to what somebody's view of presentability is. Because I get that a lot of people, they do the the weaves with the natural hair underneath because it's just quicker and easier. Because then you can just sort of, you know, get up in the morning, fix your weave up, and then be out the door. So I get that maybe it's a it's a necessity thing, so you don't have to do as much work to make it presentable. So my issue was, at first is with that because I think that uh, natural hair is fit to be seen however it is. Some people think that certain types of looks are maybe unkept, maybe not as neat looking, but I think that it's fit to be seen. And I think the more that it is seen, the more that the norm will change. So that's my first issue with that. My next issue is that there are a lot of people who I do think are bullshitting, you know. Um, right. It's just that, okay, you've stopped chemically straightening, but you still don't necessarily want uh, to wear your natural hair. And then for other people, you know, it's just fun experimenting with the style. But I think that it, it, it comes down to really the idea of of presentability, you know, because a lot of people have to work to get their hair to become what they feel is more presentable. So I think that I think that your hair should be seen more, you know. If the more it's seen, kind of like I said before, the more it's seen, the more it will become the norm. Right, exactly. And it's and it is such a part of who you are. Yeah. That I think your hair is is it's you know, it's it's who you are. It's like, you know, anything else that you're trying to and it's it's you whatever your personal expression or your personal statement is you can do that with what you have. Um, yeah. You know, not in everybody. There are people who, you know, have alopecia or they have, you know, reasons why they can't grow their hair, and that's something different. But if your hair is is strong and healthy and, you know, it's it's who you are and it's about really becoming... Um, a whole being and the whole of who you are by really accepting and really knowing why. I agree with you. There are people who do it for convenience purposes or, you know, people have different reasons, but I think it's a matter of really being honest with yourself and knowing why you're doing it and how you feel without it. So if there was one day that you felt like, um, you know, I'm going to go, you know, three months with my hair natural, how would you feel? Or if somebody said no more, no more weave, no more wigs, no more relaxers, how would you feel mm-hmm. about that? There are a lot of people who would just completely 
not feel comfortable with themselves at all. And if that's the case, then that is something that is showing something that might need to be worked on or looked at. Um, And if, you know, if you're like, okay, well, okay, I can, you know, no problem. That's something that I can do. Then it's probably something that you're doing for convenience. Or a lot of times it's, it's cosmetic, but people don't have any problem saying, yeah, I know, I'm, I'll go, you know, a couple of weeks with this, and then I'm going to change my hair next month to this, and I'm going to change it to something else. Because a lot right. of people, it's just cosmetic. So it's, mm-hmm. I think being honest with yourself of why you're making the choices you have, and are you trying to fill a hole, or are you trying to make up for something that you feel like you lack, or are you trying to impress someone, are you trying to be acceptable to other people, are you trying to fit mm-hmm. into um, an image that you're trying to give people at work, or people who you know, are you trying to um, uphold an image that you feel other people have given you, and now you feel like you need to... Um, uphold that. There are a lot of reasons why people choose to, you know, do what they do to their hair. Um, and but if it's a reason that's outside of you, or a reason that has to do with how other people's impression is of you, then it's probably something that you should, you know, look at and think about. Mm-hmm. Are you being genuine with yourself? So. You know, I know a lot of people, especially um, in corporate world, who would never dream of having a, you know, little nappy afro because it doesn't fit the image or they don't feel like they'd be, have any credibility or they would not be looked at the same way as they do with, you know, a long, long hair, relaxed, weave look. Um, so they or they feel like that's you know that's what makes them beautiful. So I'm not going to because then I you know I wouldn't feel beautiful anymore if I didn't have long hair. So I know with a, a lot of people who you know tie their identity and self-esteem to their you know their hair that they had to purchase rather than hair that they took time to grow. Mm-hmm. Out of their head, so you know, which it's uh, again a matter of taking time and taking care of what you have. You can, we're all, for the most part, can if your your hair grows and if you take time to let it do what it does, you can have that hair that you want, and you probably mm-hmm. would look even better. Like for for me, for instance, I love my hair so much more um, mm-hmm. because it's, I feel like it has so much more personality and it's so much more mm-hmm. me than it was when I was um, relaxing it. So I feel like I got to know a whole different part of myself by allowing this part of myself to come through. Um, but I really feel like it has so much more. It's just it's more personality because it's not uniform. It doesn't look like anything that anybody else has because it's it's mine and it's grown out of my head. So, um, and it's it looks really wild and crazy. Um, you know, ninety ninety percent of the time, but I I I almost like that um, unpredictability. Mm-hmm. Um, 
from myself and two other people that it's just I'm just what you see is what you get and what shows up is what shows up. And you just kind of have to see and be there and talk to me to see what that is that day. Um, I I really like that, and I like the non-uniformity, and I like that it's, you know, abstract and it's, um, you know, never the same two days in a row. And I I like that, and that kind of more matches my personality, and it's more freedom. I feel like I have more freedom. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's really the bottom line, and I think that's what we're all really trying to get to is is to have more freedom um, mm-hmm. and be more happy, and I, that's really what it does for me is it gives me more freedom to be whatever I want to be, which might be completely different from day to day, and I feel like that it it is matches that part of my personality and what I want. Beautiful. Beautiful. There it is. Yeah. It to me it should be as easy as breathing. As easy as breathing. Nothing could be more natural than just you <laughs> the way you were made, you know, the way you came into this world. Work with that. I don't think people yeah, understand basically what everybody's looking for, right? Right. I don't I don't think people quite understand the power that one will feel when they take back their own power, when they take back their own beauty, when they when they decide, okay, I'm not going to be dependent on others to to give me feelings of self worth. I'm not going to take my cues from others to feel good about how I look. When you take that back and when you give it to yourself, you've got an endless reserve of support and 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 uh, and an endless reserve of a presence that will tell you you know what you look good you're you're great you're just good enough as you are when you give that to yourself it just makes everything easier more fun you're going to feel more confident it sometimes takes work to get there but you can get there if you want to you just start doing it mhm right Right. And a lot of people, we live in a society where everybody wants instant results also. Um, Mm -hmm. And they don't want to enjoy the process. They just want to get there. Mm -hmm. And it's the process that allows for the the growth and allows for the transformation and allows for the, you know, the newness of who you are to come in and they you know people just want no I want I want my hair to be this way I want I want locks but I don't want them to grow I just want them to be long right now um mm-hmm. I, I want hair but I want it to look like you know it took my hair you know a year and a half to get here but I want mine to look like yours right now or so I'm not going to do it because I'm not going to get it for a year and a half but you're going to be here most likely a year and a half anyway, so either you'll be closer to where you want to be in a year and a half or you'll be in the same place in a year and a half. Um, So it's it's all choice. But it's, you know, realize that everything is a process and you miss out on so much of the experience wanting to skip the process and just get to the end result, which I think is 
um, you know, carries over into <laughs> many parts of life. People don't mm-hmm. want to they just want the immediate end result so that you don't have to go through the process. But the process is is really what the journey, whether it be a hair journey or some other journey, is, is about. Mm-hmm. I look at it as like climbing a mountain. If you got in the helicopter, say it's Mount Everest, if you got in the helicopter and you took the helicopter from the base of Everest to the summit of it, you'd be in cardiac arrest because uh, it'd be too quick of a movement, the air pressure, it would stop your heart. But if you climb, you know, you take it bit by bit, then by the time you get to the top, you're going to be able to enjoy and have enjoyed the journey and enjoy the view. So don't don't take the helicopter to the top of the mountain. you got to climb. And you have to enjoy every step along the path, you know, you get a little bit higher than the first step, and you can look and sort of see, okay, I've got a better view. I've got a better vantage point. And you climb a little higher, and you say, wow, look at this view. This is incredible. And then you get back to the climb, climb a little bit higher, take in the scenery until you're at the top, and you can see, wow, you can see the whole, the whole, the, the summation of the whole trip. You know, just take time to enjoy the journey. Don't cheapen it by trying to do it too quickly, and don't do it so quickly that you miss everything and it, it kills you. You know, you've got you've to take the long road and enjoy every step of it. Yeah, that's a good analogy. I like that one. Um, mm-hmm. the, if, you, you don't, if you just, you know, take the helicopter to the top or immediately skip the process, then you skip the strength that you gain and, the, um, you know, the tolerance that you gain and everything else that comes along with, with skipping it, and you, um, you know, basically cause more, you know, damage and heartache because you you haven't had the the preparation that is needed in order for you to survive the trip. So I, yeah, that's good. That's a good analogy. I like that. So, you know, hair hair growth is what seems to be slow, but in retrospect, when you look back at it, it actually is is not. A, you know that slow of a process, but when you're looking at it every day and you want your hair to to grow again, it's enjoying wherever it is. If it's an inch, enjoy the inch because soon mm-hmm. it'll be two inches, and you can enjoy the two inches and enjoy every where you are in every step. And what is the what is the best that you can get out of it, and what can you do with it with that at that point and at that length as you are you know growing your hair out and then you know cuz you won't be at that point anymore so enjoy it where you where you are at the moment and then enjoy the next step and then you know a year from now it'll be you know you go from one um one summer to the next summer and then you can kind of compare where you are and the year goes by so quickly that you realize that how much your hair really has grown so it really doesn't take that long or it doesn't seem that long when you're looking back at it. Um, yeah. Effect, so. so, but it is a process. Um, yes. <laughs> and there's going to be trial again, and error. On air, absolutely, and lots of experimenting and see what works and what doesn't work. But, of course, all of the, you know, the things that we do know for sure, again, um, you know, it's black hair is very delicate. 
And water is really the only thing that can moisturize your hair. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, you know, make sure any product that you have, the first ingredient is water. Yeah. And everybody's and hair grows. Just, everybody's um, hair grows. Yeah. And, just making sure that you in the land. I was going to say, and a lot of those, a lot of those products that you're buying, if you, if you turn over and read those ingredients, a lot of them are just going to say that they've got like water in them and soybean oil. And uh, soybean oil is just vegetable oil. You can get it at the grocery store for a third of the price. I mean, really look at what what's going into these fancy lotions and potions that some of my friends call them, because a lot of that stuff you could just buy at the grocery store. All right. And um, I need to look this up, but the uh, all the, the the alternative names that they have for the petroleum products, the mineral oil, mm-hmm. and the um, petroleum pro- the that they have in labels on hair mm-hmm. care products, which will keep your hair coated so that the moisture in the water can't penetrate your hair. So those products. All of the greases and things that we grew up with that actually kept moisture away from your hair because mm-hmm. your hair and the water can't get to it, so the water can't absorb it. Um, mm-hmm. So stay away from products that have petroleum, because it says petrolatum or paraffin liquium, I think is mm-hmm. what it was in. Yeah. Oil. Mineral oil, all that stuff is going to work at filling the moisture out instead of filling the moisture in. So that's a biggie. Yep. I'm not a fan of the mineral oil. You know, some people swear by it, but I personally think it does more harm than good. And if you want a heavy, heavy sealant to really, you know, coat your hair, there are heavier oils that you can use that are just not not mineral oil. Right. Yeah. And that, you know, for that part, for you know, that goes for for lotions and stuff, too. It does the same thing. Yeah. So your, um, you know, mineral oil, baby oil on your skin, it pretty much is doing the same thing. So, um, That's true. You know, read your labels. Read your labels. Um, but I think again. Um, now you said that you you are locking your hair. Yes, I am. Process. So you I have and you got you have brother locks, right? That's right. Or something like them. I I did them myself, and since I'm not certified, I guess I can't technically say that it is, but it's close enough. <laughs> Yeah, I totally, I did mine myself. <laughs> I actually have, I just kind of create, well, kind of, I've made it, and this is, I, um, and and mine are so crazy. Like, my hair, my hair is interesting because it doesn't look like I have, it doesn't, they don't, like, people ask me, is my hair twisted all the time? Mm-hmm. Because it's frizzy, um, mm-hmm. but it's, I mean, it kind of looks like a, it's it's like they're not all the locks are like maintained and like 
a lock. I've got like pieces sticking out, and which I really like. But mm-hmm. it's it's fritz, so it kind of looks like it's twisted, and the twists are kind of coming a, a loose. But it's it's locked because I have this little tool that I went to the Hobby Lobby and <laughs> uh-huh. it's a yarn <laughs> needle made out of plastic. Yeah. That I pull and I cut the bottom of it um, and kind of made it pointy so that I can pretty much kind of sew, um, loop my hair through in like a sewing motion. And I've been locking it that way. And I really, so they're Nikki locks, I guess. But Nikki locks, um, I love it. <laughs> oh, again, not certified, but just kind of still using the same tech. I have a lot of um, lock technician sister lock technicians in my family. Okay. <laughs> they probably need to hear that. And that, even them, they've looked at my hair and not even asked, what are you doing? Because I think they think it's twisted too. Uh-huh. Um, but <laughs> until, I have four family members who um, are certified sister lock technicians. But um I chose not to go that route because, again, I don't, I, with me and my personality, I don't like my hair or clothes or anything to look too uniform or like everybody mm-hmm. else's. And so I, I didn't want them all to be the exact same size and mm-hmm. to want the uniformity. Um, yeah. I, I, Messy. I like it a little bit messy. Even when I, my hair was relaxed, it was you know it was still messy and all over the place because I I don't like the too neat and too uniform. Um, so it was just kind of you know. Um, so now I've got I've got fat ones and skinny ones and little ones and you know they're and it's I like the the kind of crazy chaos. Um, but I definitely wanted something with a little bit more personality. And plus, I like doing my own. I don't. I didn't want to have to depend on going to someone else every twelve weeks. Me neither. Myself. Me neither. So I'm when I, you. I'm you know, sitting around you know watching TV for an hour, I can get my little tool and work on my hair whenever I felt like it. I kind of wanted to have. As much control, I, and I and again, I enjoy that process of touching my hair and knowing what my hair is doing, and and because it's it's it is very personal. Um, mm-hmm. So I like to have that be in control of that process and not have someone else do that for me. So I really like like the fact that I I'm doing my own hair. And I would again just to to kind of get to know you and who you are and what your 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 hair does. I would suggest that people do as much as they can themselves and not go to someone else, um, and just be as self sufficient as possible because nobody's going to know you the way you know you, and you you know you want it to be that way. You bet. You uh, bet. This is the age of information. I mean, everything, you can learn to do anything, right, under the click of a finger. You know, just go online. All the info is there. YouTube, tutorials galore. I mean, you can do everything from installing dreadlocks to making soap to (laughs) building a house while you're making your soap. You know, I mean, you can do anything. Just, yeah, YouTube it. Yeah, that's pretty much the first thing I do now. (laughs) I want to 
do anything. And so it's on YouTube. And somebody's doing this. And, so. It's a and good resource. Much- mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, and that's kind of how I got the idea. I was looking online to see um, just kind of how people start, because I didn't know how to start them. Mm-hmm. I was looking online start them, and somebody had made a little tool with a paper clip. She just bent a paper uh-huh. clip uh-huh. And, and, and had a little had a little tool, and I thought, well, okay, I can do that. That's easy. And I actually started them from Twist. My niece, Candice, from the Blue Click, twisted them for me, and mm-hmm. um, I had them twisted. And that was last November, uh-huh. and... They started to um, grow out. I then, you know, started using the. I used. I did use the paper clip for a little while, mm-hmm. and then just start experimenting with different things. And found the yarn needle. At you know, go to your local sewing store or Hobby Lobby or Hobby Store, and it's a, a long. If anybody, um, maybe I should make a YouTube video. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, probably about three inches long, and I have I have one a long one. I left it long for Sean because his hair is a lot longer than mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a short one for mine, which is probably about an inch and a half. Um, and I just took a pencil. I just put it in some hot water to make it more pliable, and stuck a pencil through it and stretched out the 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 eye part of the needle. And then mm-hmm. just kind of rubbed it on some, um, like some sandpaper to make it pointy at the end so that it um, goes through the hair easy. And bent it so that it's a slight curve so that it goes through and it works fabulous. Brilliant. I've been using it. So, um, yeah. So I've been doing it. Yeah, I've been doing it myself and love it and really happy. And um, I probably. Tighten them. Usually, when I wash, which is another reason why I don't like to wash it as often, because yeah. I have to. My hair is really thick, so I have to. It takes me a long time to have to go through and tighten all of them. So, mm-hmm. um, probably every six weeks or so. Six weeks. Mm-hmm. I probably try to go a little bit longer, but I usually just try to do it as I'm, I'm always filling my hair to see which ones need to be tightened or which ones have slipped and, you know, might need to be tightened. Um, and I, I, sometimes I just have it stuck in my head. So if I have a, you know, a few minutes where I'm sitting waiting on something, I can just tighten a couple of them as I'm waiting. Um, mm-hmm. And or I'm watching TV or, you know, doing something where I'm, you know, have some have some time and just do a few here and there, and then it's always in the process. But I'd say probably every six weeks or so I have to go through and and tighten them. And that's about all. That's the most that I do to my hair besides every day spraying it and, and you know, running my fingers through it. Mm-hmm. And that's about it, and I love it. That's nice. Nice and mm-hmm. easy. Very. Very. So um, I know more people are going towards being natural and embracing that. And I think the more people 
who embrace that and the more people that talk about it. I think discussions like this where people can see, you know, the the reasons, you know, why they sh- want to embrace their natural hair or why they should go natural. Um, and, and, again, it's all a personal choice and it's all a journey and people do what they do when they're ready to do it. But I think mm-hmm. the more out there and the more energy and the more conscious awareness of just allowing your hair to do what it does and because of the reasons why there were relaxers were invented in the first place, getting away from that um, and the weaves and the, you know, the the wigs because and you, when your hair is, is perfectly fine, you don't have to wear a wig. I know there are some people who do who feel like who, who don't have hair, or um, you know they have for medical reasons their hair might not grow. Um, but if you have perfectly fine hair and it grows and it's healthy, to learn to embrace that because that is part of of who you are, rather than. Just kind of fall, and I know with me, it's just you know, like my mother, for example. Mm-hmm. My mother has been had been relaxing her hair for decades, mm-hmm. and after I went I went natural, she decided, okay, I'm going to go natural too. All right. And her is the same texture as it was when she was relaxing it. Oh man. And she, it's a little like she has the option now of wearing it curly or if she she can flat iron it and wear it straight. But when it's straight, it is, looks exactly the same. All she does mm-hmm. is have to dry, blow dry and flat iron it, and it looks exactly the same as it did when it was relaxed. Mm-hmm. And she's in her hair for decades just because that's what you do. That's what she mm-hmm. told That's what she's able to do. And mm-hmm. she... Um, you know, that's what everybody else did, and there was not one. I mean, she's changed hairdressers probably a dozen times, and not one of them has told her, you know, you really don't need to relax your hair. It's mm-hmm. it's just gonna, it's just as straight if you don't relax it. And it's hard for me to believe that none of those people knew or could tell that that relaxer was not relaxing our hair any more than it already was. Mm-hmm. Well, some hairdressers, you know, not all, I don't want to get into trouble for saying this, but some hairdressers do not have your best interests in mind. They have their best oh, yeah. interests in mind. Right, right. Um, definitely. And I know, um, and a lot of them, it's, it's, it's not really... It doesn't really have to do with the health of the hair. It has mm-hmm. to do with how it. So they're more interested in you saying, well, the, what how the hair looks or, you know, because you're advertising for them. So when you go out and somebody says, oh, your hair looks good, who does your hair? Then they get mm-hmm. some, you know, a, nobody's going to say, oh, your hair is so healthy. They're more interested in how it looks or how it makes you look. Um, so... I know we have one one place here that caters to natural hair, and one of the things that they were um, really using for their advertising was that people have gone to um, what more traditional 
hairstylists wanting to keep their natural hair, but they want to wear it straight for a special occasion. And whatever they did to straighten it, they had they added a texturizer to the conditioner without telling them. Oh. Um, Eric Pearl didn't come back after they, um, you know, washed their hair. Okay, I'm ready to wear my natural hair again. And their hair didn't, you know, their curl pattern didn't come back. So, you know, a lot of them, because they're more concerned with, oh, wow, you did all this and it's so straight and and you didn't even have to, I didn't have to use any chemicals. I'm going to come back here. Um, wow. And, yeah. Well, I had to add a little. Yeah, one of the one of the girls said I had to add a little bit of texturizer to it because your hair was tangled, or because your I had to. It, it helps to, or some kind of silicone that they, she says she put on it because you know your hair was damaged, and so I had to make sure that it you know maintained its straightness. But they were adding chemical to the conditioner. And not telling mm-hmm. telling them that that's what they were doing. Um, so you know, it has more to do with again, they don't a lot of um, their training doesn't have to do with keeping the hair healthy. It has more to do with the end result. This is what's mm-hmm. going. This is it to look like. This is what I'm going to make it look like by any means necessary, and this is what I have to do. So a lot of them don't really even learn how to do hair or do or really know the ins and outs of the makeup and the consistency of um, you know, African textured hair. So they don't mm-hmm. have any idea what they're not supposed to do um in order to keep it healthy. So a lot of times, as clients, especially, you know, if you go into, and a lot of people feel intimidated by telling their hairdresser, I don't want this done, or don't do this, or don't put this in my hair. Because you go in and you sit in this person's chair and you feel like they should know. They're the professional. They should know. Um, mm-hmm. But I know I've gone, and I've, I've told people, no, I don't want you to use that on my hair. And you, you do... And I, when I'm saying it, I and I'm thinking, okay, this is my hair, and I should be able to have some say in it. But it's almost like they do make you feel like you, like I'm a professional. You shouldn't be telling me what to do. Um, but it's my hair, so I'm going to yep. do what I want that on my hair. But use this, or I don't want you to, you know, put this product on my hair. Or asking what products are. I want to know what did you just spray on my hair. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times people are in, in, don't feel empowered enough to do that or to say, yeah. you know, I'm products that you oh, just put on my hair or, or you have what's in to. that. You have to. You have to open your mouth. You know, they they are, quote, in quote, experts, but like you said, Nikki, it's your hair first. They're working for you because you're paying them. And you need to make sure that you know every single thing that's going on when it comes to your hair. And if you have a question and the answer is not good enough, get up out that chair. Or if you have a request that they can't accommodate, get up out that chair. That's not the right stylist for you. 
You should never feel worried or unsure about anything. Open your mouth. Right. Or you should never, yeah, always feel empowered. To, it's it's mm-hmm. you. It's your body. That's right. Um, another thing I want to mention. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is, and again, having somebody, and this has to do with another reason why I want to do my hair myself. When somebody mm-hmm. is in your hair and touching your hair and their energy is not right, they are putting mm-hmm. all that energy in your hair. Now, and I oh, know yeah. with, and I know there are, if people are, like I, I know with, um, I have another, another niece and my mom go to the same, and I used to go to this person and stopped. <laughs> Um, well, I do my own hair, but um, she they come back and tell these crazy stories about these crazy things that she said and she believes, and I'm like, you know that she's putting all that crazy into your hair, right? <laughs> but, but she's nice, and she, you know, basically they they're they're nice people who don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I'm like, but you know, she's putting all that crazy in your hair, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, as you think about this person is manipulating a part of your body and they're putting everything that they are, all of their, you know, thoughts and emotions and energy and aura and vibe and all of that is going into whatever it is that they are working on, on any level. Mm-hmm. But when they're touching you and a part of you, that's all going into your hair and you're picking up on that energy. And a lot of times you feel it when you leave, but you don't realize that's what it is. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people don't make that connection. If you feel tired or you feel angry or you feel aggravated or agitated because what that person is feeling or whatever the whatever the vibe is or whatever they were going through, they put that in, in your hair. So it's almost... Like, um, you know, like having a a psychiatrist that never does any work on themselves or a psychologist or a therapist that they haven't done any personal growth work or anything on themselves. It's, it's that mm-hmm. personal, all still going on to you. So you kind of want to, I know um, the, the last um, couple of people who, when I was going to go get my hair done, I, you know, wanted to kind of see where their head was because I'm going, I'm going to give you hours and hours of my, you know, time and energy and trust you with something that's very important to me. I kind of want to know what kind of person or what you're thinking, um, what you're thinking is, what your thoughts are before I kind of turn myself over to you because... That is, you know, you're you're trusting that person with, you know, yourself. And something that mm-hmm. is important enough to take the time to spend your time, energy, and money on, you kind of want to know who you're turning that over to or who you're turning yourself over to. And I don't think a lot of people think about that. I think they just, this person is good and they can do his hair and they do my cousin's hair and her hair always looks good and that's pretty much where it stops. Mhm. Thinking about you know all of the non-physical stuff that goes into it. 
got to pay attention to everything, right down to the minor details. You know, you're in control of your experience. It's got to be right from the biggest thing to the smallest thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And if something doesn't feel right, again, people will override their feelings. Um, You know, something doesn't seem right or something doesn't feel right. Ask a question. Get up if you have to. A lot of times people will just sit through something and say, and afterwards say, I should have got up, or why did I do that, or why didn't I let her, why didn't I ask her what she was doing? Um, mm-hmm. When all along your gut was telling you, okay, you should probably, this is probably not a good place for you right now, you should probably get up. And because we're so worried about hurting people's feelings or or we're trying to avoid an awkward situation or we're trying to avoid confrontation, that we never we don't say anything. We just kind of let stuff go. Mhm. We say give away something. our power. Yeah. Ooh, I learned that the hard way. The last time I really got my hair cut by somebody was um, yeah, it was like in 2005. I uh, I went to a hair school because you know I was I was trying to save a dollar, <laughs> and uh, this guy cut my hair wet and I knew something was wrong but I didn't say anything and then by the time he was done I had what looked like a black topiary growing out the middle oh. of my head <laughs> oh wow so I was in denial oh, wow. about it I thought, I thought okay you know my hair it's wet it's curled up a bit I just got some shrinkage going on I know it's uneven but I didn't think it was you know too bad I got home and I tried to blow dry it and it went from looking like a topiary to looking like a middle finger sticking out of my forehead. Oh. <laughs> and all they could salvage from that haircut when I went back to the hair school was just this mohawk, which wound up looking pretty cool. It was pretty badass, mm-hmm. but it, was, it wasn't exactly what I went there for. And me, I knew something was wrong. I should have said something. So, yeah, I learned the hard way to always speak up. And we want to be nice, and we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, and we kind of mm-hmm. push our aside mm-hmm. because it's easy for our own feelings and to deal with the responsibility of hurting someone else's feelings. So we don't say anything. Yeah, I've done the hair school thing, too, and walked away. Like, I remember I went, um, and she cut, I think I had bangs, and she cut them really, really short. <laughs> and... And she turned me around and she gave me a mirror and she was like, well, do you like it? I, and I'm one of those people where my face shows exactly what I'm thinking, so I can't uh-huh. hide very well. And I just kind of looked at her and I just said, "Do you really, did you really hand me this mirror and think that I was going to like this? I mean, really. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what my face said before I even, and she was just like, what, you don't like it? And I, of course, I was trying to be. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, want to hurt her feelings, and I know she tried, but this is a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I did ask, is there somebody else who can, I don't know what you can do at this point, because I just have to, you know, I guess I got to just live with it for a little while. But, yeah, I did the whole hair thing inside. I'm not going to, yeah, can't, we're not going to go to the hair school anymore. But, yeah, I did that, too. Yeah. not going to ask him to, you can wash it. You can't cut it. Um, but I think that's called the last time I went, and that was years and years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And it kind of like you. It kind of, after they started growing out and they were short, it was kind of, I don't know if you saw the um, the movie Emily. 
That's no. a French girl. Her, the, oh, the, yeah. The quirky French girl. And she kind of, oh, I kind of yeah. had the same she had. And when my bangs started growing out, it was kind of really cute. And everybody was like, oh, yeah, I've got Emily hairstyle. So I was kind of happy after that. <laughs> <laughs> All's well that ends well. <laughs> Yeah, I was a little traumatized, and it's something that you kind of have to live with for a while until it grows out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's it is definitely a lesson in, and everybody is responsible for their own feelings. So I'm mm-hmm. not responsible for it. If your feelings are hurt, it is because how you have taken in the information. Um, mm-hmm. I never try to hurt anyone. Purposely, I'm not going to say anything. I can I can be blunt, um, and I try to you know some people you can't beat around the bush with. So I I try to be you know blunt and straightforward with some people. But which mm-hmm. I've learned with myself, if people say something to me and it hurts my feelings, I need to figure out why it hurts my feelings. So I kind yeah. of give everybody responsibility too. If it hurts your feelings, you need to figure out why it hurts your feelings. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with me. I just I just happen to be, you know, the person who, who, you know, threw the pebble that hit you, and you reacted as if it was a big rock. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, you don't want to take away somebody's somebody's opportunity to um, live up to their own responsibility of dealing with their feelings. So that's kind of how I look at it now is I'm not going to take that responsibility away from you. So I'm going to say what I feel like I need to say because I'm taking care of myself. And it's the added bonus of you get to do your own work um, is part of that, then, you know, that's even better. So that's kind of mm-hmm. how I look at it. If it's the truth, you know, if what you're saying is the truth as you perceive it, then you got to say it. You know, it's right. It is what it exactly. is. And yeah, and usually if it if it strikes strikes a nerve, then there's some truth to it. It's true. Every time. John, you still there? Oh, you might have went to sleep. <laughs> still here. I'm dozing in yeah. and out. Oh. <laughs> you have any words? We got about mm, hide your 17. Hide your wife. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. <laughs> Man, don't put it on my head. Don't make me laugh. <laughs> no. <laughs> I got the speaker on. I got it on speaker. And I'm watching TV. Mm. And um, mm. y'all want to share? Yeah. Y'all want me to share? Y'all want me to share? Mm-hmm. <laughs> huh? I don't know. Want you to share? Huh? I said I don't I know. Do we want? No, you don't want me to share. I'm not gonna share. I ain't gonna share this one. I'm good though. Um, interesting talk from what I heard. I'm like I said, I'm in and out. I'm not completely here. Mm-hmm. But um, I had I had something to add earlier, but I forgot what it was. Y'all okay. went on to something else, and I'm totally, it totally escaped me. Oh, man. But it's been two hours over time. Almost. I've been rolling. 
Yeah, I will. I, well, and I do want to mention we have a our five year old is is growing um, locks, <laughs> which is real mm. interesting. Right. Um, and he has Nicky locks. Whatever it kind of turns out, it's kind of wild and crazy, and looks and his hair still won't lay down. So it's like six, <laughs> he looks like he's he's in branches. <laughs> Right, he has little gummy worms all over his head. Because his hair won't lay down, it just kind of sticks straight out for right now. Um, but interesting, and just, and I think the reaction from, and and I don't, I haven't really gotten, no, nobody really, I've only had a couple people kind of say or question or say something about his hair. But mm-hmm. for the most, I think it's an, it's become mainstream enough where people just you know, or just like, okay, they kind of automatically, I expected, especially when he started school, to have to um, maybe hear comments or anything, and he hasn't said anything about, you know, anybody saying anything about his hair, um, or, you know, I haven't heard any questions or comments. I think the most that I've heard is family members, um who have said, you know, his you know, his hair isn't very neat or and one family member asked me, you know, did he ask you to do that to his hair? <laughs> mm-hmm. Or are you because you chose, which, you know, Sean was like, Well, whatever we do, it has it's what we're we wanna do because he's you know, at that time he was only four. because um, he's four years old. So whatever we do it's going to be what we choose to do. So if we cut it it's because we choose to cut it. If we grow it's because we choose to grow it. So it's mm-hmm. you know if he gets a little older and he for whatever reason decides that he doesn't um you know, he wants something different, he's and he has to and it's it's his choice, not because he's trying to fit in or because he somebody teased him. Um you know, it's his, he can pretty much do whatever he wants to do. But, you know, we do, you know, believe in him. You know, there is power in, as we talked about on our last show, there is power in long hair. So we want to give him that opportunity to, to have that and to know what his hair does and to have that as part of our culture and our family. And I think because we, you know, he is in the house with two people who have, Locks that it's of course it's it's normal for him, and there mm-hmm. are a couple kids who have who are about in the same position. Theirs are are just starting out, um, and they're a little bit older. So I think you know it's not so uncommon that he's not going to see it. But um, there I do see a lot more kids, um, and a lot I know a lot of kids. Too, with the the, tech, the sister life te- technicians that I have in my family, um, they have a lot of kid clients, a lot of really mm-hmm. young kids who are getting their hair, and partially because they want to have their parents want them to have hair that maintains some length, um, and it's you know low maintenance. They don't have to worry about what to do with it every day, so. A lot of people are going to locks for their child's hair to maintain length and also for the the low maintenance, not having to worry about what are we going to do with it. And, you know, 
washing it on the weekends and having to braid it up all week and doing it again the next week, um, it makes things lot, a lot easier. Um, so, But mm-hmm. I think with the more, especially with, there's a lot more people on TV and the, the NFL has probably done more for locks than, than any other organization. Oh, <laughs> um, yep. Football players that have locks, um, and I think that's why people kind of seem to think that it's a trend. That's I did get a comment um, from a friend of mine who I hadn't seen for a long time, and um, they hadn't seen Parker for a while. And when they saw his locks, <clears throat> they were like, "Oh, so he's growing locks like um, like the football players." How long? And they were asking me like, "How long does it take to grow them out?" And you know, just kind of typical. I typical questions of somebody who's not familiar with it and they their first reference was to the football players. Um so mm-hmm. I think that tends that is kind of what people think of as it's it's trendy because all of the football players have it. So kids want to have it because football players are, you know, supposed to be our heroes and so they have it so I want to be like that too. Instead of looking at it as, you know, just kind of individual expression. Um, and I, you know, a lot of people who, you know, a lot of more professionals, you see a lot more professionals. In fact, we were watching, um, Bill Maher. He had this doctor on that was how he's done all this research and wrote a book about marijuana and all of the myths and misconceptions about um, marijuana. And, you know, he was a doctor and his suit and had, you know, dreads down to his his um, waist um, and everything that, you know, like we were talking about earlier with Howard Howard University's business school, they don't allow them to have locks if you're in the business school because they want to be able to place you professionally. Um, you know, here, here we are with the doctor who has locks. And Parker's pedi- pediatrician, um, she had locks too. So, um, you know, that argument does not really, I don't think, stand in today's world right now. In Colorado, people really don't care. We know where I am. This is like (laughs) tattoo lock, um, you know, central capital of the world because everybody has, you know, you'll see professionals in the suit with, you know, sleeves and tattoos and locks and, you know, all kinds and people really don't. They come to expect that. They really don't really care that much here. And I know in different parts of the country, people care about that much more. But yeah, here you'll see just about just about anything um, in corporate America. What you would think of as more kind of mainstream, clean cut, conservative look. You, you have there's much more alternative looks here. Um, in Colorado. So I know there are other parts of the country that kind of have that same thing, too. I don't know if you saw that in Seattle. Would you say Seattle is the same way? You bet. You bet a little something for everybody in Seattle. Yeah. I would think so. I would think so. So it's it's becoming more, I think, the more exposure and the more talks that we have and, you know, the more we put it out there and the consciousness that, you know, um, and it, I think it's in, it, it, it's just the empowerment of being able to be who you are and not have to compromise that because 
you're afraid that you're not going to be accepted unless you look a certain way, you know, just being able to regain that power and say, well, you know, this is who I am and I'm going to make it work because this is who I am and the closer you are to who you are, how could it not work? And I mm-hmm. think natural is is part of that. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, so I think um, if anybody out there is listening and is questioning I want to go natural, but I don't know how, or I'm scared to, or I'm afraid to. Um, you know, there's lots of support out there. And um, Aaron, we've got about seven minutes left. Do you want to um, talk about your website and how people want to ask you questions, or they want to learn more from some of the resources that you offer, how they can do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can start by going to my website, which is longhairerin.com. For those of you just starting out on the home page, you'll see a tab that says Getting Started. Click on it. It will tell you what to do to get started and give you a basic rundown of different things that you need to do for your hair as well as types of product suggestions for your hair. I also have a few recipes for some homemade hair products. I have some uh, articles that I wrote that just talked about the attitude behind going natural and loving your hair. You can also visit my YouTube channel. Just look up Long Hair Aaron on YouTube. It's the video counterpart to my website. I'm also on Facebook. I have a Facebook page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Long Hair Aaron. And on it, I post pictures of people with beautiful froze, neat natural hairstyles, beautiful locks. I post uh, information, quick facts about hair. I post links to other blogs other hair recipes, and I have a group on Facebook, too, called the Happy Nappy Long Hairs. It is a place for naturals to connect with an emphasis on natural males and men who are growing out their long hair. So, yeah, if you're locked, if you're natural, or if you support men with long natural hair, and if you're a woman, too, all are welcome, check out the Facebook group, Happy Nappy Long Hairs. And uh, I'm also on Twitter infrequently, and uh, I'm on Pinterest, too. I post... uh, pins on Pinterest that are hair-related, from pictures to facts and recipes and all things hair care. Oh, very cool. I'm going to have to join your Facebook. That was on there. Yes. Um, But I think I'm so happy that you have so much. We tend to kind of talk about women, and I kind of tend to talk about women, but I definitely want to know that men who want to grow their hair out, um, there's some support out there. And um, sources out there. And I I I hope more men grow their hair out because I think it's very it's very empowering and I think that's why it's it's catching on and I think that's why all the NFL players and there's you know of course other athletes and you know other people um, other professions and they're you starting to see more long hair um, because it 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 does have you know the spiritual side. Um, with the you know people it's an, it's an ex, it's an extension of who you are um there are people who have been able to use their hair as an antenna and been able to pick up vibrationally more with longer hair so um you know just being able to benefit from that part of yourself and to be able to grow your hair out without stigma or without limitation because it doesn't fit someone else's image of what you should be 
Um, but I think part of the empowerment is that when people sense how powerful you are coming into yourself, it does create a little bit of an intimidation to certain people, and so that's mm-hmm. why it has been... Um, People have have that's why it hasn't been fully accepted because it is it can be intimidating to those people who who might feel threatened by black men coming into their power by growing their hair. Um, so that's why it hasn't been encouraged a lot of times too. But just knowing that almost anything, especially with with us, anything that is strongly discouraged. It probably mainly is because there is a power and a strength in it that can only mm-hmm. be um, possessed by us being who we are. So it is discouraged. So we have been discouraged for many, many years to not be who we are because once we come into our power, what that means for other people who, um, you know, may be intimidated or unempowered by us coming into our power. So, um, you know, definitely embrace the whole of who you are and accept it and know that nothing, by you being fully who you are, can never be anything but a benefit to someone else, whether they know it or not. So they might fight it and resist it, but you being authentic and you being who you are can only benefit other people because if it benefits you and you're able to be expansive of who you are, it can only touch other people in um, a positive way. So they might not know it because that means that they'll have to change and they have to face certain things, um, which a lot of people might not be ready to do, and so they will resist it, um, but it can only be- it can only cause benefit. So... You know, feel free to be who you are despite what other people might think or might say um, or how they might react. Um, you know, they'll they'll deal with that and you, you'll deal with who you are. Um, so it really has to be an individual thing and you make that decision for you and not for other people. Okay, we've got about two minutes left. Any last thoughts you want to leave our listeners with, Erin? Absolutely. You know, you're unique. Nobody made another you, so celebrate that and show it as much as you can by just being yourself and loving yourself. Right. And, and you know, really embracing that individualism and, and not wanting to fall into, you know, again, it's, it's, all about following, it's all about following your path. And so That's if right. you're trying to look a certain way or do something or be something because it's going to impress others, you know, it's, it's, you know, you're living somebody else's dream instead of yours or living on somebody else's path instead of your own. So it's really about getting to know yourself as much as you can so that you know that you are us and, and, and um, really following your specific journey, the journey that you are here for. Um, so that's why it's important to know who you are from your hair to your heart to your to everything. So um and hair is, right. is a part of that because it's a part of you. So 
get to know you um, and what naturally comes from you and, you know, do your hair as much as possible. And I don't want to put any, I don't want to get in trouble with any hairdressers, but, you know, it's your hair. So get to split as much as you, as much as you possibly can before you turn it over to somebody else because that's, you know, turning over a whole part of yourself and trusting someone when you should use that to about yourself. So, and we're almost out of time, so I want to say thank you for joining us, everybody, and until next time, we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you, Erin. This was great. Thank you. Um, and we will um, we'll continue on in another couple of weeks in the next show. And, the, and start looking up your posts. <laughs> you bet. I got a few ready okay. already. All right, great. Okay, thank you, Aaron, and goodbye, everybody. Good night. Good night.